What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of the Not After 30 podcast? This is Anthony L. Hefe recording live and direct in the Billy Shears podcast studio still and always in lovely Milton, Ontario. This is, if you're, first of all, if you're new to the Not After 30 podcast, we are a lifestyle podcast. This podcast is one of many that we do. This is just me solo kind of ramblings of a madman, um, just some thoughts when I have something kind of clogging up my brain, clogging up my creativity that I can't get my creativity out. I, I sometimes have to sit down, I have to turn the mic on, and I have to say something, and, I, and this is just that. I call it self-therapy because it's very therapeutic for me. So this is, it's called Still Grinding. You'll, you'll listen to it, you'll hear, you'll understand. I want it to be like a quick listen, maybe just something. Maybe you guys might share these thoughts. It's just, for me, a way to kind of get myself out there and kind of make, uh, I don't know, make, make some, put some thoughts out there in the universe, clear my mind with some things, and let the creativity flow after that. All right, so this is still grinding. I actually recorded this once before. I mentioned it in the podcast. The first one was, was a really angry me that I didn't really want to put out there. Uh, I was frustrated with some things, and it just it sounded it didn't make much sense, and I didn't want to put that out there. You know, I, I might still rec- I might still release it in just a matter of uh, comparison of contrast, but if not, this is the ramblings of a madman. This is self therapy still grinding. I hope you guys find some find some understanding and find some some kind of unity or understanding of what I'm trying to say in this podcast. I, I don't know. It's not that poetic. It's just me explaining craziness in my life. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in and checking out. We got lots up in the podcast as well, too. Uh, we have Tim Carr's The Midnight Owl. The Midnight Owl, The 27 Club. If you're a music lover, you've got to check this episode. That should be out in a couple of days. And then Greta, John, and myself sit down, record, and we get all nasty in your ears. Tune in to check that out. Thank you so much for downloading this. I appreciate everything. Talk to you guys soon. What's up, Nana Nation, and welcome to Self Therapy. Um, okay, so... I want to start this off by saying I'm grateful for everything I have in life. I'm grateful for my health, the health of my loved ones, uh, every, everything, like my friends, all the highs and lows in life. I'm grateful. And in no way is this, next po- this podcast meant to sound like I'm not grateful for what I have. I am. But... I think as all people, as all humans, we like to vent, and this might be this, this version of the, the podcast for me. This might be me venting, but this is actually my second time recording this podcast. I recorded it once about two, or two and a half weeks ago, and I sat on it, and that's not my style. Usually when you guys hear a podcast, it might be recorded one day, 12 hours after you might hear like 12 hours after we record it. Sometimes, occasionally, occasionally it might be like a week or a couple of days, just, just so that we have something for a schedule. That's not important. The, the, the fact is, I recorded this podcast about two weeks ago because life was a little crazy. And it, it all started, it all started on a Friday morning when our newish dishwasher wouldn't work. I recorded the podcast and the the podcast was called I'm fucking tired. And I still might call this podcast I'm fucking tired. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to end. I just know how the story goes. 
So as I tilt back and have a sip of my drink, I'd ask if you have the opportunity to do that now, do it. It doesn't matter what it is because you're listening to whatever I'm recording and I appreciate that and you're taking breaths into your lungs and I appreciate that and I think that this is how it will end. It will end with just being, just being grateful for what we have. All right, so a small backstory. My wife and I bought the house we're living in right now two years ago. And it was, it was really a coming-of-age house for us. It was a house where uh, it wasn't the starter house that we were in before. We moved into this house, and this was the house we, were gonna raise our, our, we are going to raise our kids in. Um, a little bit of land, not a lot, a little bit of land, and a nice backyard, and nice neighbors, and a nice area, and good schools, and blah, blah, blah. So about a month ago, Thursday, sorry, Friday morning, I realized our dishwasher isn't working. So I've had some luck in the past. I do a quick YouTube search. It can be two options. One, there's a drip pan underneath your dishwasher. This can be super boring for this part, but I'll make it quick. There's a little drip pan underneath your dishwasher that catches water so it doesn't flood into your floor. That may be either full or loose or the motherboard on your dishwasher might be fried. This dishwasher is a little bit over a year old. I'm pretty sure it's not the motherboard and everything was working. So I called a couple a couple like small appliance repair guys and no one can really give me an answer over the phone. And I'm looking for an ASAP answer because god damn it, why not? It's not happening. So I just leave a couple messages. The first guy that gets back to me, I set a date for him. I asked him to come as soon as possible. He says the best thing he can do is come the following Monday or Tuesday, which means whatever. Not a big deal, right? Like this is like a first world problem where we don't have a dishwasher for the weekend. Not a big deal. So I go to work Friday after dealing with this in the morning. You know, my head stuck in this dishwasher that isn't clean, that smells horrible and should be working. And I'm frustrated because... I feel like it's actually a metaphor for what's going on in my life at the time. Let me take a backtrack just a little bit more to like two weeks before this happened. I'm at work, and most of you guys do know, I work with my, my parents. And my father, uh, who's for the last six to ten years has been in pretty great health, he had a health scare, changed his life, got himself right on track. He's he comes up to us and he's kind of pointing at his hand but he, he's not really saying anything and I think it's one of these off dad jokes and it's not making much sense and he kind of walks off kind of walks off and then the person that my coworker says to me she kind of like looks at him and follows him where he's walking off to and she comes back and she's, she's already started crying she's like his face his face is paralyzed half his face is paralyzed my immediate reaction is holy shit my father's having a stroke um, it's crazy, like just, just mentioning that right now, I'm getting chills up and down my back. So I get real nervous and I don't know what to do, so I go over to him and I, I'm trying to talk to him and he's looking at me with this blank stare. Now coming from a family of immigrants, some of your family may not speak English and I don't really speak any other languages and I'm used to getting that stare where you're trying to communicate and you can't. It, it, was, it was a huge mindfuck. 
And uh, if, if anyone who's listened to this dealt with anybody who's had a stroke, seeing that blank stare rattles you. So I'm lucky. I'm, you know, I'm working in this environment that's very, for the most part, very relaxing. We have a couple clients in our chairs. My coworker oh, has already called 911, and I'm trying to talk to my dad. And, you know, I didn't notice it as much as my coworker did. But uh, I definitely I definitely noticed something was wrong with him. But then he started kind of coming to a little bit more. And he, he, he got his verbature back. And his face was still a little a little melted. But it was all right. It was, it was starting to bounce back. And I'm trying to talk to him. And just by chance, I mean, this is a luck of the draw, I think. Both of our clients that were in our chairs were both medical professionals. One was a nurse and one dealt with um, a hospic clients is that right i don't know if that's right terminology but um so we were really lucky you know i was gonna i was gonna try to jam some advil in his or uh tylenol into his sort of aspirin into his mouth and they're like no no if you if he's not drinking water don't give him anything the um the paramedics were there with a couple minutes um but he he had already regained all consciousness and all all train of thought and all that stuff um, and, and, you know, he's like, I, I feel kind of silly. I feel fine. I feel fine. And they took him and did some tests. Now, the good news is like, we thought for sure it was a stroke. It wasn't a stroke. Um, it has something to do with like, um, when you have, um, dental surgery and they can't actually clean the, the, the root of where your tooth is. Um, so they, they try their best, dentists try their best to clean it, but it, your body constantly thinks that it's fighting something, which then affects, affects your train of thought. Um, and it tells your body that there's an infection when there isn't an infection, or it tells your body there's a serious infection when it's not a serious infection, um, and it could cause blood clotting or something like that because of white blood cells traveling through your body uh, around to your brain. Something I'm messing this up a lot, but the good news is my father wasn't having a stroke, but it definitely puts a damper, and you always have that eye on him then after that. So you're watching him. So fast forward two weeks, but my stupid dishwasher isn't working. But that's, that's living in the back of my head. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, whatever. I get to work. Crazy day at work. Busy, 10 hours straight, maybe a little bit of a break, and my day. I come home. You know, the girls are kind of up and down. It's a little bit of a crazy day. But it's a tough, long day. But that's what I fucking signed up for. I'm the head of a household. I'm the father of two young girls. I'm a husband. I'm a stand-up guy. I will not ever turn my back on people. So I'm just grinding it out. It's not a big deal. I'm just grinding it out. And the next day is the is something that for me as a as an adult with how do I say this? Um as a, an adult with a lot of irons in the fire. You know, I'm I'm first and foremost a father and a husband. I'm a hairstylist. I'm a podcaster. Um, I'm, I'm a, a, a sport junkie. I am a tequila enthusiast, uh, aficionado, some might say. You know, I have a lot of irons in the fire. I have a lot of interest in my mind. So that Saturday, I was taking a half day at work because we were going to the Canadian Podcasting Awards. And I was super stoked for it. I was nervous and excited and all those things that were weirding me out. They were all in the back of my mind. It was, it was going to be a wonderful evening, win or lose, but preferably win.
as you guys probably heard, if you guys have listened to this feed for a while, um, the podcast won, and it was a fantastic night, and everything was great. And I was flying high, and the dishwasher was in the back of my mind. My dad's weird at-work thing was in the back of my mind. Everybody, it was such a great night. Everything was so good. We got home Saturday night, and we were happy. We even got, like, two pizzas on the way home, right in the middle of the Fit for February challenge, which I later found out had happened because I drank too much, but whatever. Everything is so good. And, you know, I got home. I looked at the dishwasher. I'm like, I don't even care. I don't even care. Life is too good at this moment. So the next day, Sunday, uh, I had ambition to go into the pod camp seminars that were going on. And I was really excited because finally I'd be in this I'd be buried in this community of people who share the same creative goals that I share. Other podcasters looking for answers, solutions, uh, innovation, just looking for something to kind of bring their creative outlet up another level. And the very last minute, my wife says, you know what, maybe I'll come with you. I was like, oh my God, she never wants to come to these things. And I, and I, I have to imagine it was because the night before was so much fun and she met so many nice people. And I'm sure she wanted to kind of see those people again or see more people or meet more people or just be more interested in something that I'm interested in. So that Sunday we go and it's incredible. We have so much fun. We meet up with Mark and Shane and Scarborough dude and like all and and uh, Jessica and um, Jacob and these people that we we just met the night before that we had some good times with, and it was all great. We we're all kind of doing some things. There's a couple of different workshops. We we're really excited about it, and uh, we're downtown. It's so much fun and everything's great. We're on this huge high, and then I say to her like, "Listen, we should probably get back." You know, uh, my, my parents were watching the girls. But we decided to get a bite to eat. And we go to this, like, little Thai restaurant that, that's got good ratings. And we eat the, the greatest Thai food we've ever had. And I'm not a, I am not a, a Thai fan. No, sorry, not I, I'm not overly interested in Thai food. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love, I love a good Pad Thai. But we had this, like, this amazing meal. And it wasn't, it wasn't expected, so it was that much better. Okay, so we, we get home, and it's probably uh, 4.35, maybe 5.15. And uh, my parents leave, and we, we take the girls, we start bathing them. And the people who are listening to this who live in the GTA, you guys will know. In the end of February, it was some wacky weather. It was some cold weather. We were getting tons of snow. Uh, at one point, like minus 35, like super cold weather. But this weekend, we were having some crazy-ass windstorms. And the wind was rough, and it was hard, and it was something that southern Ontario does not normally deal with. But it was something that happened. So we get the girls in the bath, and they're splashing around, and we're like, man, this was such a great weekend. I'm so glad we got away. First time we were kind of away from the girls. This is, this is awesome. And then we hear this absurdly aggressive knock on the door. I am the head of this household. I'm the protector of these girls. I'm going to see what's up. I get my security tool. I'm in my best kung fu stance. I open the door. 
and it's my next door neighbor. And she's a lovely lady. She's probably in her late 50s, early 60s. And she goes, you better get out of here. Someone just hit your car. I'm sorry, Eileen, what was that? Someone just hit your car. Uh, it's Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Who would hit my car? And I get outside, and the cops are already there. And the sirens are, are, are like, filling the, the streets. And it's, you know, it's 6 o'clock-ish on a Sunday night in February. It's dark already. I have a black car. It's, it was parked in the second half of our driveway. And, and this, this dude, this 29, 30-year-old, claims he hit black ice, lost control of his car, hit one of these snow banks that then launched his car airborne and went through two or three other snow banks, driveways, snow banks, went through two trees, small trees, probably about, um, I don't know, I would say 8 to 10 inches in diameter, smashed into the passenger side of my car. It's uh, secretly my wife's car, but you know what I mean. Then ricochets our car that then hits a light post, which actually stops our car from moving, and then still ends up in my next-door neighbor's driveway. This guy crossed over five driveways before his car stopped moving. We live on a residential side road, not a main street. The speed limit is 60. This guy had, the police said he was going over 100, but they didn't know how fast. Now within five to 10 minutes of that happening, the cops had him in the back of their cruiser and they brought him to the station for more testing. We found out the next day, they, all they would comment was that he was impaired. They didn't say what. I get out there. <clears throat> My, all my neighbors are out there, by the way. I'm the last one to the scene of the crime. It happened in my driveway. We didn't hear it. We, you know, we just assumed it was the winds. We didn't, uh, we didn't hear any of those sounds. So his past, they both get out of their car. They both walk around. They're fine. If anything, this is an ad for Subaru and how good their crash response is. All his airbags went out. He... Uh, his passenger comes out and he starts doing damage control immediately. <clears throat> he starts telling people, oh, my God, my buddy will pay for all this stuff. I'm, we're so sorry. It's okay. Everything's, are you okay? Dude, I'm fine. You just hit my wife's car. She's not going to be fine about this. I look back. My wife has both the girls in her arms and staying in the doorway, but inside the house. And she's just like, give me the wave. Like, come over and watch the girls. Oh my God, this isn't going to be good. She's going to go off. So I'm trying to kind of talk around a little bit. I'm talking to my neighbors. I'm like, listen, Brittany's going to be out here. Maybe just like, I got to go watch the kids. Just maybe give her, get, help her out just a little bit. Make sure she doesn't do anything too, too wild. And uh, I go, I look over at the driver. The driver doesn't look impaired, but he's smoking a cigarette. And can, you, you can see the worry in his eye. He understands this is fucking serious. And he probably is probably adrenaline's through the roof. Life flashed before his eyes. I'm not even upset at this point. I'm just shocked. Brittany goes out there, she chews this guy a new asshole. She yells at him. You know, if this was if this was the middle of summer, we have I guess about ten kids that live on our street, live within that four or five house radius. They're always playing out there. They're always out there. How scary is that? 
you know, I call insurance. I'm talking to the insurance lady. They're they're doing a great job, whatever. <clears throat> so, long story short, the end to our perfect weekend ends in our car that we had paid off. That was oh, that owed us nothing. That was that was just like this workhorse of a car gets smashed. You know, my wife's still on that leave for another twelve months. It's not like we're rolling in the dough here. But we start doing the math in our head. Okay, this car, we're looking at Auto Trader. Maybe this car's worth 10 to 7 grand. Maybe we can get, hopefully, on the higher end of that. Maybe buy the same thing. Maybe do something. So this kind of leads into, I don't want to say a spiral, but definitely um, a couple, it adds a lot of stress to it, are now crazy month. We're now looking at dealing with insurance, finding a new vehicle, you know, working for a couple of days with just one vehicle. It just adds stress to an already stressful situation. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you have one kid or two kids or three, whatever, whatever the case is, you know that kids definitely change your life, especially young kids. I mean, we have two under two. Life can get crazy, and two vehicles are usually better than one. So we start trying to so, trying to solve these problems and now get thrown into our lap. And this fucking dishwasher's still fucking broken. You know, it ends up being in the bottom of our to-do list. But we've got so many things. We've got so many moving parts. We've got so many gears that make this household work. That make our life, <clears throat> supposed to make our life easier, make our kids' life easy, make my wife's life easier. And when a wrench gets thrown in that, it changes everything. So then we're looking at making sure that we can get the rental car, finding the rental car, getting the rental car before my work schedule starts, seeing what else we can do, da-da-da, bouncing around. Just more stress. The insurance company does a great job at finding us something, getting us, you know, moving along. We get the rental for a couple of weeks. Life starts getting sorted out a little bit better. We got a phone call from the insurance company saying that they're looking to fix the car. <clears throat> this car smashed. The front end of this car, the wheel axis is totally bent. The, the tire is lying at a 45 degree angle. I'm tired. Like I, I can't handle that. This is making life more stressful. So we start pacing around. What are we going to do? If they, if they want to fix this car, can we deny that? We've never been in this situation before. And they start saying, well, if you want, you can take 30% less what we think it's going to take to fix this and take that as a payout. Okay, well, find a quote. See how much it's going to cost to fix. Long and short, after getting a couple quotes, they find out that it's probably better just to do a payout. So we take the payout. Now, we, we, in the, we needed a new car. We need a new car because our family's growing, right? We got two kids. They're only going to get bigger. The situation we were in now was just getting us by. So is this a blessing in disguise? Maybe. It surely is more stress than we were looking to get. The stress just puts more and more tension on a relationship, you know, it's all of a sudden you start looking at each other because you're chewing too loud at dinner. All of a sudden, you know, you're brushing your teeth too loud, you're, you're clicking your teeth too loud. Like everything gets you on edge because 
You start thinking about all these possibilities of what, what's going to happen. Where's this money going to come from? How are we going to make this work? What, what time do we have to do this? It just, it just keeps compiling. So the long and short is we, we're able to work something out. We're looking at it like timeline-wise. This is a Monday after it happens. The Tuesday we get the rental car in place. We get the dishwasher guy, finally comes by. He tells us this, like, whack stuff. He goes, okay, cool. And he goes, I think without doing too much, like, just looking at this stuff, I'm pretty sure it's the motherboard. So my father-in-law is there because he's helping us out. He says, well, if it's a motherboard, do you think this, this would light up like this? He goes, oh, it could, it could. Well, this motherfucker wants to charge me 300 bucks for the replacement of the motherboard. He, he does some more troubleshooting, finds out, that before he can charge us all this money for this motherboard, it's this like basket that has to be retightened, which we found nowhere on there. So after all this, the domino effect of all these stresses, all of a sudden, I just start laughing. I can't even help myself. I just start laughing. Of course, it's a screw that's a little bit loose. We all have those. He tightens it up. We pay him for his time. He gets out of there. All of a sudden, I can breathe a little bit better now. All of a sudden, I can look at myself and be like, okay, that's one thing off the list. You know, now we've got to, we got to find, figure out, A, how we're going to get this money for this car. B, do we have to just, do we have to drain our savings to do this? Are we going to have to uh, borrow money from the bank or family or whomever? How do we make this work? But i got one thing off the list. I feel better. Okay? So, record a couple podcasts. Life is getting a little bit better. Brittany finds a car that she likes. We start researching it. There's a lot of bonuses to it. High safety standard, good fuel efficiency, blah, 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 blah. We start to feel better about our decisions here. We get a couple breaks when it comes to the money situation. Our bank kind of works some things out for us. We get a great rate. We pay off what I owe to my car. Then we pay for this other car. It's nice not having that car payment. We feel good about our situation. We finally get this new car. All of a sudden, my wife's tone changes. Things get a little bit better. We start feeling good. We start feeling the relief get off. I'm still fucking tired, though. The grind's still there. Day-to-day's still there. The girls are still waking up early. I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is it's kind of like that old Rocky adage. It's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get back up. What started with something as silly as a dishwasher not working quickly snowballed into life gets flipped upside down, second vehicle gets written off, life in chaos, stress in my relationship. You know, it's, it's all those things. And the goal as a father is always to keep grinding and make your family's life better. So that's what I encourage you guys to do. Just keep grinding. Just trying to keep your life, try to keep the quality of your life to get better. I'm still fucking tired. Life hasn't changed. Life's still going. New car is great. Sexy as all hell. It is definitely a mommy mobile. But it's going to do my family so good. Life, life is getting better for us. Not that anything was bad, but of course, unforeseen circumstance. But keep grinding. Maybe that's the end of this podcast. Keep grinding. Self-therapy, keep grinding.
Um, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. This is another edition of Self Therapy. I don't know. How, I don't know if this is going to be a thing, but sometimes it feels good just to get into the studio. You know, a couple of lights are lit right now. Um, just me and the mic. And uh, these these I find are very therapeutic because I can voice some things that are trapped in my head that just keep bouncing around the walls of my head. And uh, you know, if it's garbage, there's lots of other things to listen to on the thread. Man. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading, tuning, and checking this out. This is Anthony recording live and direct from the Billy Shears Podcast Studio, still and always in lovely Milton, Ontario. And this is Self Therapy Still Grinding.